Welcome to Lounge, Lift, Learn, Real Talk with Black Therapists, where we have conversations that uplift, inspire, and empower. I'm Lysandra. And I'm Shelby. Welcome to the lounge. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm okay, but this topic we're about to jump into is a little sensitive. I'm going to go ahead and just put out what we call a trigger warning. So some of you may know what that is, but for those of you who don't, it just means that we are talking about sensitive information and it could cause you to have like memories or thoughts or emotional reactions based on your own personal experience or something you've seen. So just be aware that you could take a break from this episode. You can completely turn us off. You may need to get some extra therapy or help or assistance afterward, and that's totally okay. But we're putting it out there so you're not surprised. Absolutely. I think I'll add to that, that because of the topic, and I know we haven't announced it yet because we're in trigger warning. Because of the topic, this is going to be a two-part episode. So we're going to talk about it in one capacity today, and then the next podcast, we're going to come back and we're going to address it from a different lens. So there's a trigger warning on the next two podcasts, same topic. So Shelby, tell the people, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the myths around sexual assault. Why is that even important? Well, do you know how often this happens? Like, I know it sounds crazy to you guys, but I just work with so many people. I Honestly, I'm just going to throw out something that's not supported, y'all, but probably 80% of my clients come in with some type of sexual assault, molestation, uh, fondling, like grooming background with a relative, typically someone they know, a friend, maybe a stranger. But this is this is crazy. It's happening crazy. So go ahead, drop us with some stats here. So so we're going to talk about this because we, like Shelby said, and I wholly agree with her. Um, so we're going to start with some statistics. We don't want to bore you to death. I think Shelby and I will share reading. But let me start you off with this very top one. There is an average of 293,066 victims ages 12 or older um, who have either been raped or sexually assaulted each year in the United States of America. That means there's one sexual assault occurring every 107 seconds. Of all the victims under 18, two out of three are ages 12 to 17. Y'all, that means 34% of those who are assaulted under 18 are under 12, 34%. So where we're getting our statistics so that you can look them up yourself, um, rain.org. Rain is spelled like rain with an extra N. R-A-I-N-N.org has statistics. Um, and ourresilience.org. Um, um, so we want to highlight those websites. Um, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. So um, in in the fiscal year 2016 alone, um, Child Protective Services, who for the rest of this podcast will be known as CPS, substantiated or found strong evidence to indicate that 57,329 children were victims of sexual abuse. One 
in nine girls and one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or assault at the hands of an adult. 82% of all victims under 18 are female. 82% Thank you are female that. under 18. Y'all, 82%. So if we default to talking about a woman being the victim, it's because it's 82%. Although we know that men, boys can be victims as well, and as well as um, transgender people, right? Like yeah. anybody can be a victim, but 82% being female mm-hmm. says something. Three more. Go, Shelby. Females are ages 16 to 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. Did y'all hear that? (sighs) Females ages 16 to 19. Let me paint this picture for you. That is when your child starts driving and goes off to college. That is that age group. I want to paint the picture for you. Not because I'm trying to scare you, but we need to highlight and we'll talk about the why we're highlighting this because of the foolish, and I'm using that word on purpose, the foolish things we hear when survivors of sexual assault come forward. So four times more likely than the general population. Jesus. When it comes down to these babies, I'm talking under the age of 18, Mm -hmm. um, 93% know the victim, right? Like, we're going to get into those myths that there's a stranger popping out of the bush. We'll Mm -hmm. get to that. But the reality is 93% of these kids know the victim. Mm -hmm. 7% are strangers. Mm -hmm. But 59 are acquaintances and 34 are family members. I don't think I have to say any more about that. 34% are family members. Mm -hmm. Out of the sexual abuse cases reported, I'm going to stop right there. Because I want to intentionally highlight that. And I'm going to repeat it just in case somebody missed it. Out of the sexual abuse cases reported. You got me. Um, To CPS in 2013, 47,000 men and 5,000 women were the alleged perpetrators. For those who didn't get LaSandra... There's a lot of cases that go unreported, Mm -hmm. which means there's a lot more perpetrators and victims out there than what we're telling you. Yes. Not to scare you, just a fact. Absolutely. And women perpetrate sexual assault and violence as well. Yes, they do. And 88%, the last one, y'all, sorry, don't mean to bore you, but (laughs) 88% of the sexual abuse claims that CPS uh, substantiates or finds supporting evidence of, that perpetrator is male. So while she did point out that women are perpetrators of this type of violence, 88% are male. So that is also why we may default at times to women or she or her or things like that. In 9% of those cases, they are female and 3% are unknown or they don't report that. Mm-hmm. So um, we thought it was really important to start off with the stats, not because people are so interested in reading stats, but I will have to tell you, like as much as we hear this in our offices and sit with people, I'm always going to believe, I'm always going to believe a, a, a person when they report. And as much as we hear this, I'm going to just tell you, it was shocking to see the numbers. It was shocking to see the numbers, even though I hear it about it in my office all the time, the numbers were shocking. And so I kind of want to shock you as well. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, so so we shocked you. Yeah. We, we turned you up a bit. You could get angry about this, or maybe you're triggered about it, or mm-hmm. maybe you're sad. You can feel anything you want to feel about that. But now we're going to talk about the myths. Because yep. a lot of you, including maybe your family members, including, you know, maybe myself, maybe I'll learn something as we're going through this. <laughs> um, but there are some very hurtful, mm-hmm. impactful myths that you might be thinking, and we want to set you straight. So let's let's go for it. Let's go for myth number one. Yeah. So we're going to talk about myths, and we're going to give you the facts. Okay? And that is going to be this episode. So it's it's such a heavy episode, a topic that we're going to give you myths and we're going to give you facts. Lysandra, why are you saying that? Because sometimes when you're dealing in something that is this heavy, emotionally heavy, you want to know where are we going. So the only thing we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the myths and then we're going to highlight the fact. Yeah, she said that three times on purpose. Yeah. So let's jump right in. Myth number one, sexual assaults most often occur in public or outdoors. <laughs> Why'd you giggle? I mean, it's stupid. I apologize. Oh, she judging y'all. I'm she not judging. judging. I'm not judging. I, I, it's the giggle of that goes against the, that, that it, it speaks to all the stats we just read, that it's not a stranger. You know what I'm saying? Like, can it be a stranger? Sure. But if it's not outside or they're not popping out of the bush and they're not outdoors in public, that means it's mostly happening in our homes. Let's hit them with the fact then. 55% of rape or sexual assault victimizations occur at or near the victim's homes, and 12% occur at or near the home of a friend, relative, or acquaintance. So it, it sounds like it's it's kind of planned to me, yeah. you know, that there's intent there's intent behind assaulting you or victimizing you. Yeah. And that's scary. That's yeah. scary to know it could be somebody I know or it has been someone I know. Yeah. And so... I know back in, way back in the day, we used to hear stranger danger. We really want to unearth that. We want to just like toss that whole concept out the window. If you were to look up literature, like if you were to go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, I don't care, I'm not um, hyping either one of them up. But if you were to look for a book on what do I read to my child and how do we deal with this, um, the, the literature, it's not stranger danger. It's the people you know. So who are the safe people in the family? And that needs to be communicated. Um, so that goes into myth two, honestly, very mm-hmm. nicely. Um, if a parent teaches a child to stay away from strangers, they won't get raped. Well, clearly that is not what the stats have showed us, right? No. Like it is a parent. It's a sibling. It's a cousin. I can't tell you how many times it's a sibling, y'all. Oh my God. Watch your babies. Talk to your babies because this is where it's happening and this is where people get re-victimized because they don't know what's okay, what's not okay. It's confusing. It's it's a lot. Okay, Shelby, I'm going to say it. Oh. It's, it's, it's certainly cousins, friends, neighbors, um, and then when I, and I, and I'm sorry, let me be very specific. Neighbors, friends, kids, you know, like the kids all playing together. Um, everybody's household is different. We don't know um, what they're exposed to. So different kids are exposed to different things in yep. different homes. And so depending on what they're exposed to and what their family is into, some kids live a much more innocent childhood than others. And so when you start to mix them, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, we're saying be watchful. Um, But it's also grandparents, uncles, uncles, aunts. So fact, 60% of child sexual abuse cases are perpetrated by someone the child knows outside 
the family, and 30% are assaulted by family members. That's a high number, 30%, right? Like, I drop my babies off with my uh, sisters all the time. Mm -hmm. And while we have these conversations, like, it does, like, make you want to be hypervigilant. Like, oh, gosh, like, I need to... but. You just can't do that all the time. So you have the conversations. You pray up about it if you're religious and or spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. And and we keep it moving. So, yeah. Shelby, what myth? She was asking for it based on the way she was dressed, wearing revealing clothing, behaving provocatively, or drinking a lot means that the victim was asking for it. That is the sorriest excuse for blaming a victim. Like I hate that. And mm-hmm. it is so common. I don't know um, what, how big your school was, your college was when you went, but my university was huge. And there was a lot of fraternities and sororities and we partied. I partied, y'all. And that was the biggest like excuse that people would use. And it's heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. Because the fact is that the perpetrator selects the victim. Like the victim's behaviors, their clothing, their choices, it has nothing to do with their consent. Like they can say, I don't want this, or they can be like, there's so many pieces to this, but what does their clothes have to do with being right? I'm struggling with that. I mean, because just think about it. Like if you're a a regular uh, person that's never raped anybody, have you, have you thought, look how short that skirt is. I'm going to just take it. No, because it's not a normal way of thinking. Nope. Nope. You, you know what really hits me with this one? Mm -hmm. I think clothing has become more scarce yeah. over time, mm-hmm. but you already know where I'm going. Let's go back to like the 1800s. Let's go back to the early 1900s where like people really, I'm going to say overdressed. That's my judgment. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all doing too much. <laughs> like show some leg. But they, they put a lot of clothes on it and women were still raped back then. Mm-hmm. What? So if it really had to do with how short her skirt was, then those women wouldn't have experienced assault. So that's just not true, y'all. So stop. I don't want to hear it. That's the perpetrator's fault. That's that's their choice. Absolutely. So what about this big one of she's lying? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting triggered. I'm getting triggered. I'm <laughs> a break. Um, there is no reason for a victim not to report being raped to law enforcement. That's what y'all sound like when you are misinformed, mm-hmm. right? You think that it's so easy. But what's the fact, Lysandra? What is the fact? The fact is rape is the least reported and convicted violent crime. It's the least reported and convicted violence crime in the United States. There are many reasons why victims choose to either not report or to tell anybody what happened to them. Some of them are the the top. People aren't going to believe me. And that's horrible. That's horrible. And we've seen it. We've seen it acted out in movies. You tell tell your mom that her, her husband raped you and she goes, no, he didn't. Denial. They're in denial, right, when that happens. But what about this fear of um, being retaliated against, yeah. right? Is that, atta- is that person going to come attack me when I share what they did to me? Yeah, and that happens. That happens. I see this in two areas. Certainly grooming, and we, we should probably talk about that. Yes. With, with little kids, there's this fear of, you know, how you're going to hurt me. And then on the college campus, and or depending, this is going to this is going to piss off some people and we're we're here for it. Um depending on the status of the perpetrator. So if if you're famous, they're just trying to bring a famous person down. And if they're black famous, come on Shelby. 
Bill Cosby. I have to say Bill Cosby. And R. Breaks, Kelly. R. Kelly's a bit. I mean, there's so many. Trey songs. <laughs> yeah. That this is a thing. And so I'm even thinking about on a smaller status, pastor, mm-hmm. preacher. That part. That part. Because, because again, Shelby and I are bringing this not to depress you and bore you. Like, we certainly don't think this is boring. We do recognize it's it can be depressing, which is why there's a trigger warning. But the reason we're bringing it is because this comes to our office. Pastor raped me. Pastor raped me, and I had to apologize in front of the congregation. I have heard that. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. But I think one of the biggest reasons people don't report is the shame and embarrassment that mm-hmm. they feel from it or you know just feeling like who who can i trust at the end of the day why do they feel embarrassed or shame shelby well part of it i think there there's guilt into saying to themselves i could have stopped it mm-hmm. maybe i should have done something different mm-hmm. right or maybe i let it happen like just confusion yeah. and i think we'll talk about the mental part of this mm-hmm. and why it feels confusing mm-hmm. um with the grooming and such later yeah. but shame i'm i'm so ashamed that this has been taken from me mm-hmm. and i didn't give it yeah and and you know how we highlight for we we come we uh what's the word we come for the support of our women. Um, fear of being blamed. It's my fault. If I wouldn't have had a little skinny skirt on, yeah. so it was my fault. If I wouldn't have been walking home at night, well, how else was I going to get home from work? Anyway, whatever. So that fear of being blamed, mama going to tell me it was my fault because I was fast. That her brother raped me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I go on to that one? Sure. What about the d- desire to protect the attacker? Ooh. Right? Because... Mama's brother did this to me, but if I tell mom, then she's going to be mad and there's going to be family drama. Mm -hmm. And I just need to make sure that this is not out here. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to get in trouble. I don't want daddy to get in trouble. I don't want it to break up their marriage. Mm -hmm. I need to protect it. Yep. All that horrible stuff. Pressure from other people not to tell. Well, girl, don't tell nobody because that's the star quarterback. And if they take him off the team, we going down. Or that's the coach. Listen, I I know this is hurtful and that was horrible, but we're not going to say anything because, listen, we got to win the game. We have a lot of donors. Yeah. Listen, this thing is big. This is big. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But let's let's be honest. Out of 1,000 rape cases, only 310 are reported to the police. Mm. Yeah, that's that. That's what one third mathing isn't the math mathing right now. Like that's crazy. It's less than half. Less than okay. So when we think about the people who actually go to the police, we're talking about people who really have thought this through. Is there a point two percent lie every now and then? Maybe, but it's not even worth having the conversation around that mm-hmm. because this is happening, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and give the actual stat. I'm sorry, I missed that. It's all good because it, I want to. I want to go back and up here is that there's also a distrust of law enforcement. So it's hard to go and report to law enforcement if I don't trust you. And as a therapist, I have been, I personally, the therapist who was not aggressed in any way, have been very pissed, disgusted, repulsed. You pick the word and it'll apply at the way the justice system treats the victim of rape or sexual assault. Like, 
It is not a walk in the park. You have to tell it over and over. You have to have exams. You have to have people looking at you and taking pictures of you. I've already been violated. And do you know what the the prize is for reporting? More violation. More violation. And then the courts are backed up. And so now it takes months if not years before this court is this this trial is brought to court and so what do i do now when i finally 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 have moved on with my life now let's peel the scab off and put me on the stand and talk about it all over again i want to emphasize how long it can take yeah i know someone who's been assaulted as a little girl um early teenager little girl and <clears throat> is now in their mid 30s and just now received some, uh, what do I call it? Not not a, a settlement, but, you know, has received something mm-hmm. for acknowledging that this thing has happened yeah. to them, right? How sickening is that? Why would anybody think that it is a walk in the park yeah. to report? It's not. So it's been considered, y'all. It's been considered when they decide to do it. Absolutely. And here's the stat that's, that Shelby wanted me to give you. Only 2 to 8% of rapes are falsely reported. Earlier, we talked about 80% of women, 2 to 8% of rapes are falsely reported. The same percentage as for other felonies, according to statistics. So there are 2, 2 to 8% of people who lie that say somebody broke in their house when they really just tried to do it for a re- insurance, insurance um, refund. So people lie. People lie. Two to eight percent of rapes are falsely reported, and out of the one thousand rape cases that are reported that that happen, three hundred and ten are reported to the police. So I'm gonna tell mama and I'm gonna tell grandma, but I'm not going to the popo. Yeah, that says that says a lot within itself. It I don't does. even I don't I, even know if we got to keep going. I can't. I can't. So let's move. What about this myth that consent is? Permanent. Yeah, I mean, and we start kissing, we start dry humping, we start filling her up. I you said yes to the on. kiss. You said yes to the kiss. Yeah. So that me- must mean that you're going to say yes to everything else I might want to do or engage with and engage in with you. You sure? That must mean that, right? It must means that. Because if you bought me a drink oh. and I went back to your hotel room, not only did I ask for it, I consented. Oh, well, well, well you said vows. So you consented that, like, we would be in this marriage together. Um, the first time we had sex together, you said yes. So it must mean till death do us part that I can have sex whenever I want. I can just roll over and you're mad and you're telling me to stop and I can take it anyway because you mine. I surely hope that all of our listeners know we're being sarcastic. As all get out. Right now. Like all of those are, are myths that we want to break down with mm-hmm. you. So yeah. How about everything that we just said? I'm like reading our notes and I'm thinking... We, we just covered that. What's the fact here around the, all of that? The fact here, like, uh, can I just throw this in? Oh. I should have known better not to go there. Like like the bunny mansion. Let's just judge all the bunnies who were... Tr- okay, anyway. Um, fact. The assumption of risk wrongfully places the responsibility of the offender's actions with the victim. Even if a person went voluntarily to someone's residence or room and consented to engage in some sexual activity, it does not serve as a blanket consent for all sexual activity. So let me just say this. She can consent to oral, and it doesn't mean that she wanted to go all the way. And if you take it and you have sexual intercourse with her and she didn't want it, you raped her. Well, I think you hit some of the listeners. I just thought I'd put it right on out there. 
What really threw me off in the Bill Cosby case, this was years ago, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these women did go to his hotel room. But again, status, Mm -hmm. right? Like he had a lot of power. He can get them into acting jobs. Lots going on there. But the moment that he drugged them or they decided to have a drink, was that okay for him to Mm -mm. go ahead and take it? Mm -mm. Well, they put themselves in that situation. I felt like Bill Cosby got groupies. You got women throwing cooch. They throwing it at him for free because he Bill Cosby. Consensually is what you're saying? Yes. So why on earth do I need to drug you to get it? Once we're drugged, once I am no longer, um, let me make this important, important point. Once I am not able to consent for myself, if I'm too wasted, that doesn't mean let's just keep going because she really would have wanted it had she been sober. Right. If I'm passed out, don't go for it. You know, like all of the things. Okay, keep going. Myth. A person cannot sexually assault their partner or spouse. Fact. Nearly one in 10 women have reported, have experienced rape by an intimate partner in their lifetime. How's that possible, Lissandra? You are my partner. I should, I mean, don't I, don't you owe me sex? I mean, isn't that a thing? No, I don't owe you sex. I can tell you no. And if you don't like that, you can, you know, leave the marriage. If I don't want to give it to you, but you don't get to rape me. My body is still mine. You know, sometimes people hear the word rape and they think of like this very violent Mm -hmm. action around it. Yeah. Can you break down what rape is? Can you just say it? I, I think rape is when you help yourself to my body without my consent. It, 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 the most basic of terms. Basic. It's basic. If I am not actively excited to have sex with you or engage with you, then we're not going to do it. It's a no. And so it is, it is rape mm-hmm. if your partner is dead ass asleep mm-hmm. and you decide to go for it. Mm-hmm. Right? At least get ahead and get something. Mm-hmm. But... Being asleep, that's right, right? We talk about actively consenting, mm-hmm. uh, being drunk, all of those pieces. But yeah, just because you're my partner, you're not entitled to not a damn thing more than what I allow you to. Yep. Myth. Men are not victims of sexual violence. It doesn't happen to men, Shelby. Oh. Sarcasm. Then how do you explain the fact that 1.5% of all men have been raped and 47% of bisexual men have experienced some form of unwanted sexual contact in their lifetime. That is horribly sad. You know what? A lot of times men don't talk about mm-hmm. much of the emotional. Mm-hmm. And sexual assault is super emotional, right? And so I hear stories where men are extremely embarrassed. I think that is mm-hmm. the main one I hear of why they didn't say anything or why they didn't report mm-hmm. is that men are embarrassed that this happened to them and they should be a manly man. Like they should have defended themselves. They, they should have pushed them off and knocked them down. And it's like, bruh, it's not always how it works. What you know, Shelby, and when I think about men and their and their, their their manhood, their ego, their, I'm I'm a strong man. If you think about it though, sometimes, a lot of times, it happened to them in childhood. That too. That's so. And so that part that freezes, that part that is terrified, um, when I look at that 47% um, bisexual, that is 
horrible. And I think and I imagine I can use my imagination of all the the ways that that has shown up. And it's only my imagination. First of all, I'm not a man. And second of all, I'm not bisexual. But having talked to enough men, I'm thinking of all the different scenarios or so many scenarios where I can see something like this happening. I'm thinking locker rooms. Um, anyway. Jail. Jail. Um, because if, if I'm a bisexual man or a gay man, that means I want you to take it. Like, what the heck? Or <laughs> this is another topic, but I'm going to throw it out here anyway. Being sexually assaulted or raped as a man does not make you bisexual or, or gay. gay. Like, where does where does that come from? Like, and also uh, not the topic. It also doesn't make you a pedophile. No, if you're gay. Oh my god. Anyway, it just we just threw it out there for free. Back well, to the topic. We'll make that another episode for y'all because I know y'all want to hear what we have to say. So, myth. Being sexually assaulted by someone of the same gender can make you a person gay or less. Oh, I didn't even look ahead. Sorry. Right, right, we're right there. <laughs> because, because they just naturally roll. Because these are the dumb things people say. And maybe they don't realize that they're dumb. Maybe they don't realize it's an ignorant statement to think I was sexually assaulted by a man, so I must be gay. Or I was sexually assaulted by a woman. Like, what? No, I was just assaulted. So if I was robbed, does that make me a robber? Right, just acknowledge that. Just acknowledge that. So that's just not that's just not a thing. The assault is typically not based on the sexual preferences of the victim or the rapist and therefore does not necessarily change their sexual orientation. So come on, y'all. Keep it factual. Shall we read that again? The assault is typically not based on sexual preference of the victim or rapist and therefore does not necessarily change the victim's sexual orientation. Here, right here is where I'm going to, to say this. Because I want to highlight, it's not about the sexual preferences of the victim or the rapist. Rape and sexual assault is always, always, always about power and control. It is not about sex. It's never about sex, which is why it's not about what you're dressed like. It's not about where you were. It's not about how much you drank. It's that I took power and control over you. That's it. And that's evil. That's it. That's all it is, right? Um, you know what? What? What about... What about sex workers, Shelby? Oh, I love this topic. I love the topic of sex workers. You know, I think society looks at sex workers and thinks of them as, like, dirty and ungodly and all of these terrible words. And I'm like, get your money, girl. Get, like, I, I, or guy, get your money. Like, I'm all here for it. But it still has to be consensual. Yeah. So where do you want to go with that? Where do you want to go with it? I just, I just, I, I want to highlight and I want to separate some because I'm about to bring up another one, but I'm not putting them together. I want to highlight that I can be a, a sex worker, a prostitute, hooker, all the words you've heard in the past, but sex workers is the term of the, the, the day. Um, and that doesn't mean you still have the right to my body because it's always my choice to give it. It's always my choice. And followed right behind that, not because they're the same thing, it's just where my mind went, is that if I'm a stripper, like I'm a dancer, I take my clothes off for money, that does not mean you have the right to their bodies. Nope. Keep I'll your hands your to yourself. dancer, not your private hoe. This is like two episodes in a row now that you've sung. Well, you know, like I said... It's a heavy episode. I'm trying to bring a little levity. I'm just trying, okay. I'm just trying to help the All people. Right. Just, just 
and, 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 and any of my clients will tell you, and I will burst out in song in a session. In I'm a here for session. it. I'm here for it. I just didn't realize you thought you were Beyonce. So it's all good. All right. But um, yeah, I agree. Sex workers have every right to consent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can rape a sex worker. Absolutely. Why is that so hard to understand? Just because someone um, either enjoys or chooses this to be their occupation, to be sexual in this nature, does not mean they want everybody touching them. Mm-hmm. And I have heard too many um, er- exotic dancers, I almost said the wrong word, but I think it's exotic, dancers, <laughs> just, you know, I'm famous for saying the wrong word, um, <laughs> who people associate them with a sex worker. And they're not selling sex. They're selling lust. They're right. doing all kinds of things to get you turned on and out your little money. But, hey, that's on you. You know, give it up. Get your coin, girl. I I, I personally don't want to do it, and I don't want my daughter doing it. However, that's your life, do you? Um, if you're my child, though, we're going to have a whole different conversation. You will not! Like, because I'm a whole, like, I'm a mama. So I'm not I gonna... thought you said you're a hoe. I was no, like, oh, you're God. a whole, like, you're mine. Like, you're yes, a whole liar. You're a if whole. you think that this is what you're going to do, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be cool with that. Got but because they're mine, but you're yours. Go do you. I think uh, when it comes down to your family, it's different. But in general society, I'm all for women doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like respectfully and being honored for that. So uh, that that's a whole nother conversation. Cause, but because I'm just not trying to come down on people. No, my God, that's not love. Um, myth time. What is the next myth? The myth: <clears throat> people that have been sexually assaulted will be hysterical and crying. Yeah, you know what? I feel like media has painted that for us. Mm -hmm. Like, it is uh, tears that make things traumatic, Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you should respond. Mm -hmm. But that's just not the reality. So as therapists, we could break this down even further. But let's be honest. The fact is that everybody responds differently to trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And this is sexual trauma, but you respond differently to grief, Right. And that's a form of trauma. Some Mm -hmm. people laugh it off. Some people um, end up crying. Some people get depressed. Some people find new meanings, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still a trauma. It does. Right. Go ahead. What I see most is like people are robotic. Like they just tell the story from a very depersonalized pullback place, which makes a lot of sense because. I need to detach from that, especially if it was daddy that raped me because my mind doesn't understand how daddy raped me. Um, Because, again, all while we're talking about this, we don't want you picturing strangers. Right. We want you picturing uncle, grandpa, auntie, cousin. And so it is... How do I... So so there's the responsibility on me of breaking up the family because if I go tell mommy, like Shelby said, then... um, I'm not hysterical because the cousin's been coming over every weekend helping himself to my body. And and whether I'm a boy or a girl, like, I am shut down emotionally. And a lot of times it also is not shocking or surprising or uncommon for victims of sexual assault to block it and forget it. And let's be fair, there's a lot of different situations that sexual assault can happen in. So you painted some of those. But... If it's my husband, mm-hmm. I might be questioning, like, what's happening right now, mm-hmm. right? Or if it is um, someone I've been friends with for a while, and maybe, just maybe, um, I have feelings for him, right? Maybe I like him, but at the end of the day, I didn't agree to this. 
maybe I'm not going to be hysterical to it because mm-hmm. I do have emotional feelings, but the physical consent wasn't there. It's still sexual assault. It's still rape. And so it can get confusing. Yeah. And the thing I think I will add in the marriage stuff, because we didn't tap this piece um, and it just popped into my brain. Um, a lot of times, if you see it in the marriage, it's an abusive relationship. There's already abuse present. So it's not this loving couple where the wife is just tired and the husband just rolls over and gets in the middle of the night and she like, go ahead and get it, baby. It's yours. It's not, that's not really not generally the picture. It's more this abusive relationship, again, because abuse and rape, um, sexual assault, it's about power and control. And so this is a person that I will throw you down the stairs and I will bust you in the eye and then I will come and I will have sex with you. Or... It's not that intense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or it is, I'm going to um, verbally manipulate you. Absolutely. And I'm not screaming, but mm-hmm. I'm manipulative. Mm-hmm. And it can look like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can look just like that. And then I want to come and I want to have sex and I want to make up with you. And whether or not you want to make up with me, I am, I am forcing my body on you. And so let's see. And we're almost about to wrap this one, Shelby. Um, It's only rape, myth. It's only rape if the victim puts up a fight and resists. Yeah. That really sounds like um, the TV shows again, right? That sounds like movies. And it's like, oh, the victim is running for her life. She's doing this. But we know, Lysandra, Mm -hmm. not only as humans, but as therapists and professionals, that there is something that we call like the fight flight, or freeze response. Mm -hmm. So yeah, some of y'all are going to fight a perpetrator. Some of y'all are going to try to run and and run away from trauma, but others are going to freeze. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about right here. It's Mm -hmm. the people who say, who are sitting in that room or sitting on that bed or sitting wherever, and their body doesn't allow them to fight, doesn't allow them to cry because it it goes into shock Mm -hmm. that this is happening. I can't believe This is going down without my permission. Yeah, and that's a physiological response. And why am I saying that? Because people are under the impression that everything we do is based upon thought. And some of what we do is based purely on biology and physiology, meaning there's not a lick of, it doesn't matter how much you think, (laughs) your body is going to do what it does. And that leads into our final myth that we're going to address in this episode. If a person is aroused here, or if a person is aroused when he or she is assaulted, then it's really not sexual assault because, you know, you got it up or you were wet or what have you. I mean, how was that sexual assault, Lysandra? Because I didn't give consent in my body, again, physiological. It, there's a response that happens and it has nothing to do with, I don't want it to happen. And so if I'm a little boy and my uncle, cousin, whomever is molesting me and that I, I, I experienced an erection, then it's like, I must have wanted it. Maybe I am gay. I got to be gay because else I wouldn't have had a reaction, an erection. And so it's all of these things. And so the physiological, the body does what it's supposed to do. And so that's not about your, your mind, your mindset as much as that's about physiology. The fact says orgasm does not mean that someone, quote unquote, enjoyed the sex or that they wanted it. 
Orgasm can be a natural biological reaction that someone can't control. It doesn't mean that forced or coerced sexual activity was consensual, and often this is used to silence the survivor of that assault. Absolutely. Ejaculation is going to happen whether you want it or not, mm-hmm. right? And and I hate that for the sexual assault victim yeah. because it can get confusing again, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, did I actually enjoy that? Did I like it? And if I liked it, then I must have been okay with it. Yeah. No, right. no, no, you weren't okay with it at the beginning. And it might have, if it was confusing during, then you probably are doing something against what you want to be happening. So mm-hmm. like, it, it sucks. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sad for the amount of sexual assault victims yeah. and survivors. I'm going to say, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't like the word victim because they did survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who are fortunate enough to do that. And um, you can use those uh, however you, which way you like. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's happening far too often. Yeah, We need to hold people accountable, but we need to make it safe for victims to bring it to the table. Absolutely. And so thank you for tuning in to this um, heavy conversation on sexual assault. If you find that you were triggered because you learned something new, mm-hmm. or maybe you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that that was happening to me. It just brought back a memory, which is completely normal, by the way. That happens often. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. If you need resources, like a lot of stuff is available online. This is not your therapy session. Just want to reiterate that. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get some support because a lot of times we're not meant to do this by ourselves. Yeah. It's it's deep work, but you can't heal from it, right? Like we can be intentional about that. Yeah. Um our bodies and our minds are amazing. That's what that's what I'm going to say. Our minds and our bodies are amazing and its healing properties are amazing. Um however, if you don't have to heal alone. Like if I break my leg or my back, it doesn't actually mean I never walk again. It means that I have to go to the appropriate specialist to help my body to heal in a way that's best for me. And so, again, if you have um, been triggered, we encourage you to go and talk to somebody. Um, search the Go through the website, rain.org. It's R-A-I-N-N.org. Um, that's a place where there's a lot of resources available for you. Um, and then... Finally, thank you for tuning in, and I pray that if you were not triggered, thank God. However, I do pray that it utterly changes the way you show up for and engage with anybody that has told you they have survived assault, a sexual assault. So my prayer is that you show up differently in the world. So thank you for this conversation that we hope uplifts and inspires and empowers you. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.